This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. I'm not, I'm, stop! Stop! Take your hands out your pocket! Take your hands out your pocket! If you don't stop, stop I'm going to tase you. I'm not, I'm not playing with you. Take your hands out your pocket. Take your hands out your pocket. Take your hands out your pocket. Just Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I'm your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you, of course, from Atlanta, Georgia, right here on RadioInfluence.com. And I want to talk about that latest police shooting that should have Black Lives Matter in an uproar, but it doesn't. And I want to tell you why that shooting doesn't have them in an uproar, because a black man was shot. A black man was shot multiple times during a police encounter. And I want to talk about that. It happened in South Carolina, actually back in 2016. We're going to get into that, but first, I want to talk about Charlottesville, Virginia. Here for just a few minutes. Uh, Of course, we all know by now there were protests, there were riots down in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, I covered it pretty much all weekend on the news, yesterday on Fox News. It's been the top story. Um, A lot of people are blaming the president for what happened in Charlottesville. First, let me clear the air and say I definitely don't condone anything that happened there in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, You know, this guy driving his car into a crowd of people, killing one young lady, injuring 19. Two police officers died in a helicopter crash that were there to try to bring law and order to the situation. So I definitely don't condone anyone's death. Definitely don't condone the violence. Um. But here, here's my take on it, right? You know, it was a group of white supremacists, neo-Nazis, whatever you want to call them, alt-right, whatever you want to call these guys that assembled in Charlottesville, Virginia, late Friday into Saturday morning. And they showed up there to protest and show their views. Now, do I agree with their views? Obviously not, right? I mean, if they're neo-Nazis or white supremacists, I don't believe in that. I don't believe there's a superior race. I think we're all created equal. If you cut me, I bleed. Just like if you cut them, they bleed. We bleed the same blood. Uh, But here's what I do believe in. I fought for this country so that people would have the right, the right to assemble, the right to their free speech. And I don't fault anyone for their ideologies. I don't fault anyone for what they believe in because... It's all about how we were raised, how we were brought up, how we were taught as individuals. Now, I can assure you there's a lot of people that don't believe what I believe in, right? There's a lot of black people that don't believe in what I believe in simply because I'm pro-police, simply because I speak out 
against most of the things that black people are saying concerning police. All right. Again, it goes back to how I was brought up, my upbringing, what I was taught throughout life, which is why I think the way I act. And again, I don't condone what uh, that group down in Charlottesville, Virginia believes in. But again, I can't fault them for their beliefs because that's what they were taught growing up. Now, my philosophy on this, and I, I don't understand what the big uproar is, especially on the left. My philosophy is if someone's going to hate you, they're going to hate you. There's nothing you can do or say to change that. So the situation in Charlottesville turned ugly very quickly because you had people that were anti-protesters of these white supremacists showing up and, of course, showing out. So when you have two groups that don't have the same views showing up to the same place, you're bound for disaster. And that's exactly what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, on, on Saturday, President Trump, number 45, the 45th elect, President Trump went on the media and said he condemned the actions of those in Charlotte. And he said, it's not Donald Trump. It's not Barack Obama. But this hate has been going on for quite a while. Now, of course, the mainstream media blasted the president for not coming out and saying he denounced white supremacy, he denounced this. And of course, David Duke, the, one of the heads of the Klan, was egging it on, saying that President Trump got in office because of white America and, you know, it's, it's his duty to say he supports what's going on, yada, yada, yada. And mainstream media fell for it. And of course, the left fell for it and, you know, called Donald Trump Hitler and racist and bigot and everything else simply because he didn't come out and say he denounced white supremacy or he didn't call them by name. Now, first of all, my opinion is this, like when all these terror attacks were happening throughout the country and across the world and President Obama and Hillary Clinton were not calling it exactly what it is, even though Donald Trump was, they were scared to call it radical Islamic terror, which is what it was, but no one on the left said anything about that. Now, Donald Trump doesn't say he denounces the Ku Klux Klan or the neo-Nazis or the skinheads or whatever other name they may be going by, and everyone seems to have a problem with it. Everyone is calling Donald Trump this racist bigot who is racially dividing the country, right? That's what they're saying. But let's look at this and let's dive a little deeper into it and let's talk about racially dividing the country. Now, I will agree with David Duke that white people got Donald Trump in the office. But let's be clear, it wasn't just white people. I voted for Donald Trump simply because he was talking the things that are important to me. Veterans affairs the treatment of veterans. I'm a veteran. Eventually, one day, as I get older, I may need benefits from the Veterans Administration. Law and order. I'm a former law enforcement officer. 
I believe in law and order. Support of police. I'm a former police officer. I believe in support of police. Now, the other candidate was talking about how police were bad and we needed police reform and police were the devil, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe in that. Therefore, Donald Trump got my vote. So it wasn't just white people that got him into office. But to David Duke's point, and I've said this on this show, right, since we're talking about racially dividing the country. We went through eight years of if I had a black, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. The treatment of black people by police in this country is racial. Uh, America should feel the pain of Alton Sterling's family. Uh, the shooting death of Michael Brown was unjustified. When you hear this for eight years, and everything that comes out of the president's mouth is pro-black, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think's going to happen with that silent majority that's been patiently waiting, right? Patiently waiting. And they knew if Hillary Clinton got in the office, it would be four to eight years of the same. So what do you think was going to happen? Now, let's dig deeper. Let's talk about racially dividing the country. Since Donald Trump is this big bigot who's spewing all of this hate around the country. I don't recall, and he hasn't been in office that long, but I don't recall Donald Trump inviting the Klan, the neo-Nazis, the skinheads, the alt-right, or any other group like that to the White House. But what I do remember is President Obama having the Black Lives Matter movement at the White House. And no one on the left seemed to have a problem with that. But let's, let's be honest, right? A lot of people see the Black Lives Matter movement as a racist movement, right? Because everything they're saying is all about black people and Black Lives Matter and black this and black that and black that. So a lot of people see the Black Lives Matter movement as a racist movement, right? You could almost call them a black nationalist. Since we're using that term, you can almost call them black nationalists, but no one on the left seemed to have a problem with that. No one in mainstream media seemed to have a problem with that. But yet and still, everyone seems to put what happened in Charlottesville on President Trump because he's this racist bigot who didn't denounce white supremacy. Well, Let's be fair and honest. When a black man was in Dallas, Texas, who supported Black Lives Matter, and he shot five police officers, I didn't see anyone on the left come out and denounce Black Lives Matter, right? Let's be fair and honest. I didn't see President Obama denounce A, that individual, or B, Black Lives Matter. So, simply because President Trump on Saturday did not say, I condemn the actions and I denounce white supremacy, everyone seems to think President Trump is in cahoots with those in Charlottesville, Virginia. 
But let's have a little history lesson here because I'm a little seasoned. I've been around for a while. I was a child growing up in the 80s. I was almost in my teens. Now let's think back to 1984 when there was this black guy named Jesse Jackson running for president. There was this businessman in New York. He had a lot of money. You know, he was kind of famous. He had this thing called Trump Tower. This guy, this businessman, actually supported Jesse Jackson in his efforts to become the first black president. Now, let's fast forward to 1988. The same person, Jesse Jackson, was trying to run for president again. Very unsuccessful, by the way. But guess who was supporting him? There was this businessman called Donald Trump, who not only verbally supported his efforts, Jesse Jackson's efforts, to become president, a black president, mind you. He was also giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Rainbow Coalition. And he also came up with the Rainbow Coalition Wall Street Initiative to show black people how to invest money. Wait, what did I say? He showed black people how to invest money. What? But he's racist bigot. And the same businessman, i.e. Donald Trump, was giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to any inner city projects that Jesse Jackson was a part of. What? Donald Trump? I thought he was Hitler. Oh, let's fast forward a little more into the 90s. And there was this, this short, fat guy with a big perm in his head. And I'm not talking Don King. I'm talking Al Sharpton. Chubby guy, big perm. You've seen him at all these Black Lives Matter movements. You've seen him at Michael Brown's funeral. You've seen him in Baltimore. You've seen him in Ferguson. And, you know, he's one of the biggest race baiters in this country. But he had this movement called the, the National Youth Movement. And one of his biggest contributors was this businessman called Donald Trump. This businessman called Donald Trump, who had given him, Al Sharpton, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, one of two things. Either Donald Trump was a racist bigot then and he was just doing this for a tax write-off, or B, he wasn't racist. He isn't racist, and he was donating this money on issues he believed in. So, my thinking is, if now that Al Sharpton has a problem with Donald Trump because he is president, and now that Al Sharpton is on this bandwagon that Donald Trump is the devil, then the bigotry should go to Al Sharpton, right? Because he was your boy back in the day when he was lacing your pockets. Even though you stole some of that money and you were under investigation for doing so, he was your boy back then, right? But now all of a sudden you're going to leave the country because he's the president? Really? Really? So if you want to talk bigotry, and if you want to talk hate, 
Let's talk about it. See, everything that the left is saying about Donald Trump and him being a racist hasn't been proven and can't be proven. What is he supposed to do? Wear a shirt that says Black Lives Matter? What is he supposed to do? Grow an afro? Get corn rolls? Wear his pants down his butt? What is President Trump supposed to do to prove that he's not a racist? Nothing. A, he shouldn't have to. And B, there's no proof that he is, other than what the mainstream media is spewing down our throats. Because, again, I haven't seen the Klan invited to the White House, contrary to what people may think, because they're going to say, well, Jeff Sessions is in the White House, and this person is in the White House, and they're racist, yada, yada, yada. Again, this is just information you're getting from mainstream media. But the Black Lives Matter went to the White House, and that ticked a whole lot of people off, a whole lot of white people off. Heck, it, took the, it ticked a whole lot of black people off. It ticked me off as former law enforcement, and knowing the beliefs, the ideology of Black Lives Matter, it ticked me off. But nobody on the left, nobody in mainstream media saw that as insulting or racist, or anything like that. So let's use this statement, right? If I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. So let's flip that. Let's say President Trump goes on the media and says, if I had a daughter, she would look like Heather Heyer. Now, Heather Heyer is the young lady that was killed by the vehicle that plowed through the crowd in Charlottesville, right? Now, granted, she was there as... Uh, anti-protester to the white supremacists, but she's white. So imagine, just think about this. It doesn't matter that she was there anti-protesting the white supremacists. Imagine if President Trump went on national TV and said, if I had a daughter, she would look like Heather Heyer. Then black people would still be mad. They would still be calling him a racist, right? Because now he's supporting this white lady that died, but there's black people dying across this country all the time by the hands of police, yada, 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 yada. So it's a no-win situation for the president. It's a no-win situation. No matter what he does, no matter what he says, someone on the left is going to try to twist it and say, because he didn't say this, he supports this. When the president went on the air and said it's not Donald Trump, It's not Barack Obama. There's hate on many levels, on many sides. He was dead spot on, but the media tore it up because he didn't denounce white supremacy. But the simple truth is there is hate on both sides. Otherwise, we wouldn't have saw what we saw in Charlottesville. There is hate on both sides. Let's not forget Since we're being honest, all of the anti-Trump protests that took place across this country that turned out violent. And those anti-Trump protesters who were actually fighting with police, that's hate. 
Let's not forget all the Black Lives Matter protests across this country that ended up violent. Let's not forget all the Black Lives Matter protests where people were saying, F the police, F the police, throwing rocks at police, throwing urine at police. That's hate. Simple truth is, hate is hate. Regardless of what side it is, regardless of what your belief is, hate is hate. And no side, no side is better than the other. You know, I said last night on this story with Martha McCullum on Fox News, there's a lot of finger pointing and not a lot of hand holding. Now, it's easy for the left to point at the right and vice versa. But until we sit down, have open conversations, open and honest conversations, we won't get anywhere. And as long as we sit here and point the finger at the president for what's going on, what's been brewing, for the last eight plus years, we won't get anywhere. We're at the brink of being at war with Korea. Our healthcare system is screwed up, but we're worried about a statue. We're worried about what someone thinks about us. What? Everything that's going on right now that could affect everyone's freedom, black, white, Chinese, Hispanic, Muslim, alien, you name it, everything that's going on right now, and we're worried about what someone thinks about us because the entire country is brainwashed by mainstream media. The entire country is being fed what they should feel, what they should think. But nobody's thinking for themselves. Just think about that. We're on the brink of going to war. Things that can affect our country. North Korea has missiles that can make it to the U.S. in 30 minutes. I can't even get downtown in Atlanta traffic sometimes in 30 minutes. But there's missiles in Korea that can make it to America in 30 minutes. And we're worried about how someone thinks about us. There's a big problem with that. I want you to think on that. All right, back to the shooting of this black guy, all right? Now, it happened in Estelle, South Carolina. And like I said, there should be uproar because there was this black guy shot in this police encounter. And you would expect another march. You would expect another, oh, he didn't do anything. You would expect, you know demanding that the chief got fired, you'd expect that people would say it's the president's fault because, you know, everything else is the president's fault. But you don't see that. Now, it was a black person shot, but it was a police officer. So I think that's why no one really has heard the story, because apparently his black life doesn't matter. So this police officer in Estelle, South Carolina, gets a call, and there's this guy at a store trying to grab people's groceries. So, of course, what do people do? They call the police. Now, just to be clear, it was black people that called the police on this black guy. So, let's not say it's racist. So, the officer shows up, and he sees the individual walking down the street. And you can hear from the video, from the audio, how it went. 
Luckily, this officer had went out and spent $30 to get a uh, a camera that you can mount on glasses. So he had, I guess you can say, body cam that he had purchased on his own. So as he approaches the individual, he has his taser out. You can hear the officer yelling orders, take your hands out of your pocket, take your hands out of your pocket or I'll tase you. Well, unfortunately, when he took his hands out of his pocket, he had a gun and he shot the officer several times, once in the neck. And I want to play a little bit of audio that when I watched the entire video in its entirety, I literally uh, got teary eyed because this officer was basically on the side of the road thinking these were the final moments of his life. And I want you to hear just a little bit of it. Wow. Dispatch, please tell my family I love them. Like I said, that officer believed he was going to die right there in the grass on the side of the road after he was shot by another black man. So, if we're going to talk Black Lives Matter, right? This is what Black Lives Matter says. Black Lives Matter. How come they haven't said anything about this shooting? Because the officer, he's black. Last I looked, he's black. He's not light-skinned and can be mistaken for white. He's black. So, where's the uproar? Why is no one saying anything about it? So, you're saying it's okay for a black man to shoot another black man, which we know is true because we never see the Black Lives Matter speak up in Chicago when their murder rate's out of control, and we never see... When it's black on black crime, we never see that. And, you know, in the black communities, we see people get shot all the time. Even here in Atlanta, they're still trying to solve a murder where there are like 20 witnesses, but nobody's saying anything because it was a black man shot by a black man. But had it been a black man shot by white police officers, there would be 35 cell phone video accounts of what happened. So here's this officer that was shot and left for dead. A black officer and no one in the Black Lives Matter movement is saying anything. But they go around and preach how black lives matter. And see, that is the problem in this country right now. It goes back to what I said earlier. Mainstream media has everyone so brainwashed, right? Because if black lives truly mattered, the black life of this black police officer who was shot four times would matter and people would be speaking out about that. But God forbid that the roles were reversed and this black police officer had shot this black man who had a gun, obviously, because he shot the police officer. If the roles were reversed, you better believe 
that the Black Lives Matter would have ascended on Estelle, South Carolina. They would be demanding the officer was fired. They'd be demanding the police chief was fired. The mayor was fired. Jesus was fired. Peter, Paul, and John, the disciples, were fired. They'd want everyone fired because this officer shot a black man who didn't do anything, and the gun was in his pocket, and he was not a threat, yada, 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 the same crap we hear all the time, the same crap we heard with Alton Sterling. Oh, he was on the ground. Well, the fact is he still had a gun. The fact is he still wasn't in custody. The fact is he was reaching for the gun. Let's call it what it is. That's why Alton Sterling was shot. And if the the roles were reversed here in Estelle, South Carolina, everybody and their mama would be in Estelle, South Carolina, protesting and demanding resignations and everything else. But you don't see that because the guy that got shot was a police officer. So if you're going to say it matters, say it matters for everybody. If you're not going to say it matters for everybody, quite simply, shut the hell up and move on to something else. Well, listen, we're almost out of time. and I know I went out on a went off on a tangent, um, but, you know, when I get passionate about something, you know, I can't help it. Right. Uh, but. I think it'd only be fitting that for my 10-7 segment, I honor the uh, two officers that were killed in a tragic helicopter crash uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, on Saturday. I don't think the details of that crash have been released yet. I think it's still under investigation, but, you know, very tragic, very tragic way to die in a helicopter crash. And if you look at the pictures, I can only imagine that it was a horrific death. I mean, the helicopter is engulfed in flames. Uh, so we don't really know what happened as far as the crash, but uh, Lieutenant H.J. Cullen and Trooper Pilot Burke M.M. Bates, uh, they were killed en route to Charlottesville, Virginia, to try to bring law and order to the protests and the riots that were going on there that day. I want to thank them for their service. I thank them for giving the ultimate sacrifice in an attempt to protect and serve and in an attempt to bring law and order to the things that were going on there in Charlottesville, Virginia. I want to thank you for listening, my loyal listeners. I appreciate you. I love you. And I will see you next week right here, RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. 
all of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 